God bless you. Thank you for watching KCHF TV in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We want to thank our wonderful partners and ministry supporters that you are investing into the kingdom of God. You know, there was a, a preacher that used to preach that everything that you need is in the harvest. And, you know, one of the things that blesses me about this ministry is that the harvest is plentiful. We're receiving letters from inmates. Uh, we're receiving their discipleship lessons. They're growing and they're maturing in their faith. And even confinement and chains is not stop the word of God. And so I want to thank you for praying for this ministry. I want to thank you that you are making it possible for us to reach thousands of inmates with the name of Jesus Christ through this ministry on KCHF TV. You know, the Lord gave us a strategy to reach prisoners through uh, the airwaves. And we're reaching the many prisoners by uh, DVD and discipleship resources. And um, I brought one of these little boxes. And if you're a chaplain or you work in corrections, you might have seen one of these. This is a partner box that really we give to uh, the chaplains and inside of this box. Every month we send out chapel lessons, uh, our second man discipleship school lessons. We also send uh, devotionals, our testimonies in there, uh, bookmarks, just encouraging reads for the inmates to um, just encourage themselves from the Lord. You know, uh, a pastor friend of mine asked me, who are you mentoring? And really the, 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 the qualifications for a person that you're mentoring is someone that you're investing time, resources, and energy into. You know, if you look around you, uh, and who are the people you're spending time with? Who are you developing? Who are you transitioning ministry to? You know, one of the things that we learned growing up in ministry is that we're always imparting who we are. We're always imparting who we are, and, you know, we can't impart personally to these men in prison because we don't have access, physical access, our physical location prevents us, but we're able to send them materials and send them these DVD resources. One of the greatest tools that God has opened up the door for us and our ministry is the Word for You Today devotional. It's a devotional that's printed quarterly through our ministry, and what we do is we send them out to every inmate that is enrolled in our Bible college, and then we also send about 50 or 60 to each facility in the state of New Mexico. And so we're just encouraged by the, the help and the prayers and the resources that the Lord has opened up through this ministry. And we want to thank you for, uh, for blessing us. I want to take you this morning to the book of Luke in chapter 9. And um, this is known as the School of Christ. There's a pastor, a friend of ours by the name of Freddy Garcia, uh, who founded Victory Outreach of Texas many, many years ago. And now his church is called Metanoia Church in San Angelo, Texas. And um, he used to preach about the school of Christ. And I actually even have it written on my heading here for the Bible. And really, Jesus was about mentoring men. And that's what I'm going to be preaching about. But to mentor men, you have to have a school or pupils. And this is the school of Christ. And this is Jesus' philosophy in mentoring men. This is how he did it. And Jesus really taught by demonstration. You know, Jesus taught his man by demonstration. He demonstrated his power and who he was by being physical, by being present in the life of his disciples. And this is the scripture I want to take you to this morning. In Luke chapter 9, then the Bible says in verse 1, Then he called his 12 disciples together 
and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. You know, here Jesus isn't saying, here guys, watch me. Look at how powerful I am. Watch how anointed I am. You know, watch me operate. No, Jesus, the Bible says, called those 12 disciples together. He called them to himself, I think in Mark chapter 10 it says, he called those whom he wanted to himself and he gave them power and he gave them authority. In other words, he gave them access to the divine power that he had. He gave them access to the dunamis, to the spiritual power that he had. And how is that power delegated? It's delegated by access. It's delegated by location. It's delegated by presence. When the disciples left the presence of Jesus Christ, they went by the word of his power. They went by the delegated authority that Jesus Christ had given them through his participation with them in ministry. And then verse 2, the Bible says, And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. All preaching should be proclaiming the kingdom of God. The word preach here in the Greek means to proclaim, uh, to, to, to shout out. You know, uh, the Bible says that Jesus gave his disciples authority to cast out demons, authority over all demons, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, I know that there's many who have criticized healing ministries, but part of the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is also healing. You know, the Bible says that God demonstrated the authority and the power of Christ by the works that he did. The supernatural work that he did was demonstrating that Jesus Christ had authority from God the Father. And so here Jesus is sending out his disciples with instructions. And they were under his tutelage. They were in his mentorship. And this is what the Bible says that he did. And he said to them, this is kind of difficult. Take nothing for the journey. Neither staff, nor sandals, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Could you imagine us today going on a mission trip or going, you know, to a place and the Lord saying, take nothing with you? Notice this was a venture of faith. You know, it wasn't a venture of finances. You know, we know that God provides everything. God provides, you know, for, for his vision. If you got a vision of the Lord, God will provide for it. And the Bible says that he told him here, I want you to take no provisions, but I want you to trust in my authority. I'm sending you with my authority. Here, go, take nothing. And so the Bible says he tells them, take nothing for the journey. And the Bible says that they left. And then he tells them like this, and whatever house you enter, stay there. And do not depart from there. And verse 5 says, and whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And verse 6 says, So they departed and went throughout the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everyone. I want to talk about a couple of things on mentoring men that Jesus gave to his disciples. He gave them real simple, simple instructions. The instructions was this, Go enter the house 
and wherever house you enter, stay there. What he was talking about was stability. Now we know that seasons change, but Jesus, when he sent his disciples, he said, I want you to go to where people are hospitable to you. Now we know that we're living in very hostile times and the gospel is not welcome in many places. But when Jesus was preaching the gospel, the Bible says that his fame was spreading everywhere. And he said, as you go out to minister the message of the cross and the message of the kingdom of God, I want you to look for hospitable people. I want you to look for people that are hospitable and that will support you. You know, uh, he didn't say take, you know, the money that you need, take your bank account and take all these things with you. He said, I want you to go and preach the gospel and heal the sick. And I want you to demonstrate to the people that if they're in need, and you came with nothing but the power of God, God's going to demonstrate his power by using you. And this will give witness that you are really my disciples. Now, could you imagine mentoring men and there's no stability in their life? Jesus was looking for these men that, that were stable, stable in their walk with Christ. You know, in the book of 3 John, there's an interesting person, and uh, his name is Diotrephes. And the Bible says that Diotrephes was really called out. Talk about being put on blast in the Bible. You know, I mean, we wouldn't do that to people publicly, you know, even though at times we might have disagreements with people. We might, you know, in an intimate conversation, share something with our spouses between the privacy of our home about someone. But here the Apostle Paul is writing to uh, the Apostle John is writing, and um, this is what he says. I wrote to the church, and this is the book of 3 John, verse 9. I wrote to the church by Diotrephus, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. John is saying Diotrephus likes to have the preeminence. He wants to call the shots. He wants to be the head honcho. He wants to be number one. Notice what is his trait. And I love the author, Steve Farrar, who went on to be with the Lord. You know, he said there's three traits of Diotrephus in his book, Point Man. Um, so some of the key things that I'm teaching today, I got from reading Steve Farrar's book. And uh, maybe one day you, you should buy that book and read it. I would read everything by Steve Farrar that he ever published. He said there's three traits of Diotrephus. Diotrephus is unhospitable. He's unholy, and he's unwelcoming. Could you imagine? You know, he's unhospitable, he's unwilling, and unable. So here he says here, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first, or loves to have the preeminence, he says, does not receive us. Here's a guy in the church who does not receive the disciples. This is a dis disciple whom Jesus loved. I mean, who wouldn't want John, the apostle, whom Jesus loved in their home? He says, therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of the church. Notice what he says, beloved, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. Notice here, John is writing to the church and he's mentoring the church. He's mentoring men. 
And he's saying, here's a man you don't want to be like. You don't want to imitate Diotrephus. Diotrephus is unhospitable. He's unholy. He's unwelcoming. And one of the last things Dr. Steve Farrar said is Diotrephus is an unleader. He's not a leader. He's not a leader. He looked at his traits and he says, this man's not a leader. Do the opposite of what he does. See, a leader, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, is hospitable. He's welcoming. He admonishes the saints. He encourages the saints. And John is telling us here, do not imitate what is evil. You know, in our quest for mentoring men, you know, a lot of us have imitated or maybe we've done things that were imparted to us, whether out of anger, hurt, or rejection, and we regret those things. But how many of you guys want to influence for good, influence for, for God? And Jesus says, my disciples who I'm sending out, I'm sending you out to be stable, to find homes that welcome you, to find homes that need a miracle. You know, in other words, when you go out ministering the kingdom of God, you ought to be looking for homes, you know, that, that are looking for a miracle, that are in need of a miracle, that are in need of some sort of spiritual provision that only the power of God can bring into your life. And the disciples had it. Wherever they went, they had it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this impartation. Here's Paul the Apostle in the book of Romans. And I think we'll probably spend the rest of our time here in the book of Romans because we looked at Jesus and how he modeled the school of discipleship or the school of Christ. And then we looked at uh, Diotrephus in the book of Third John. And John tells us, do not imitate his behavior. He's, he's a man that I'm calling out his attention because he's not a leader. He's unhospitable. He's unholy. He's unkind. He's unwelcoming. And, you know, uh, we can easily be that. And sometimes we don't see that in ourselves, but we see it in other people. But in Romans chapter 1, Paul says like this, and I love Paul because if Paul was ever in your presence, he was a man that you would think, man, I want to spend another hour with him. I wish I could spend another day with him. You know, have you had men in your life who you've spent time with and you just long for their presence because they're imparting to you spiritual truth? You know, um, there's, there's men in my life that I have had the opportunity to travel with or just to walk life with for a season. And they've always been like imparting life. And I've always been blessed by them because they've always sought for ways to, to, to plant a seed. And, you know, one of the greatest things that a mentor will do for you, and I remember this because a mentor of mine did it. He says, if I was ever in the presence of my pastor or my leader or someone that was mentoring me, I always remembered to have a pen and a piece of paper. And I think it was Ed Cole in one of his books that said, I'd rather have a short pencil because a short pencil is longer than a short memory. You know, if you are with the mentor or you're spending time with the mentor, you know, and they're pouring spiritual truth into your life, write it down. Write it down. There's two things you should always have with you as a man of God, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, is a pencil, a pen, or a piece of paper and a Bible. What is the Lord teaching you? What is he instructing you? Because when God instructs you, he wants you to instruct others also. And that is the Apostle Paul is doing here in Romans chapter 1. Let's get to our text. In Romans chapter 1, verse 11, he says, For I long to see you. Notice, here's Paul writing a letter. 
I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you might be established. That word established is the Greek word or, or is, is the, another word for the word established is the word complete. Now we know according to Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says that we are given apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the perfecting of ministry. So we all come to the unity of the body of Christ or the full stature of a measure of a man of God. Here, Paul completes that process or it re redefines that process as being established in the faith. So how are, you how, how are you established in a mentoring relationship by impartation? You see, it's the impartation of a man of God in your life that is going to help establish you, that is going to help complete you. And, you know, sadly, there are a lot of young men today in the church that are incomplete, that are immature, that are not being encouraged because men in their life are not imparting to you a spiritual gift, a spiritual gift. You know, how is a spiritual gift imparted? You know, there was a preacher that used to preach, if you want to be a preacher, you hang out with preachers. If you want to be an evangelist, you hang out with evangelists. If you want to be, you know, uh, uh, this or that, you got to hang out with that. And one wise grandmother used to say in Spanish, dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Tell me who you're with and I'll tell you who you are. And, you know, that is really, there's a lot of spiritual truth to that because we have been given men of God in our life. And the Bible says the reason why they're in your life is to impart some spiritual gift. Now, not all gifts are imparted to you by people. We know the Bible says that God gives us gifts and the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, when God calls you in the ministry, when God blesses you with the gift, it's irrevocable. Titles and position and, you know, certifications, you know, uh, U.S. championships, Olympians have, have lost their gold medals. They've, they've had to turn them in. See, those can be revoked. But the gifts and the calling of God cannot be are irrevocable. You know, God might not use you for a season. God might develop you and put you in a time of testing for a season, but God chooses you and he wants to use you. So Paul the Apostle is saying here, I long to see you. I long to see you, that I might impart to you some spiritual gift that you may be established. That is, that I, notice this, may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. So here Paul is saying is not only do I get to impart to you a spiritual gift so that you can be established, but I also want to be encouraged with you by the mutual faith. You know, in other words, is a mentoring relationship is who do you have a mutual faith with? You know, and, and I understand being a light in the darkness and being salt where there's, you know, uh, no influence of Christ Maybe at your workplace, you know, but, but if you don't have a mutual faith with someone, you can't mentor them. Um, you, you have to have common beliefs, right? Now, you can minister to someone of opposite faith, but 
the purpose is to bring them to Christ. But Paul is saying here, I want to mentor you and I want to encourage you in the faith and I long to see you that I may impart a spiritual truth. Verse 13, he says, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered, notice, until now, that I might have some fruit among you. Notice that. That I might have some fruit among you. One of the blessings that we have in mentoring relationships is that we might have fruit in someone else's life. You know, I've been discipled by many different men. And a lot of different men of God have fruit in my life. You know, some men might have fruit of, you know, uh, my speaking abilities or maybe my study or my discipline abilities. Some men, you know, have imparted into me, um, you know, how to develop lessons or how to write or, or how to impart or how to uh, establish ministries. Some men have imparted the heart for the lost. Others have imparted the heart for the incarcerated. Others have imparted different fruits in your life. And so every one of us is a fruit of someone else. And so in your mentoring relationship, ask yourself this question. Is whose fruit do you want? Is there someone that's doing something that you would want to do one day and say, Lord, I want that fruit? And Pray and ask the Lord, should I go ask that man to mentor me in that area? Pastor, I would really love to do what you're doing. You know, I would love to learn what you're learning. Pastor, I would really love to have a heart for missions. I would really love to have a heart for prisoners. I would really love to see this happen in my lifetime, in my life. Will you impart that spiritual gift to me? You know, and a man of God will, will pray about that and, and mentor you. And so if no one is mentoring you as a man or as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, why don't you call them, call on someone and say, who can help establish me? Who can help uh, bring some fruit out of my life? Who can help bring some fruit into my life? Now, the Greek word for establish is the Greek word sterizo. It's S-T-E-R-I-Z-O. And it means to take a firm or a solid hold on, you know. Um, it's like that Paul and Barnabas relationship, the Paul and Timothy relationship. It's that men that Paul had in his life, like John Mark. And um, we know that John Mark and Paul had a falling out. And for a time, the Bible says that John Mark left the Apostle Paul. But then later, the Apostle Paul said, Send me John Mark, for he is useful to me in the ministry now. You know, sometimes, sadly, ministry relationships are lost. You know, Paul had those kind of relationships with people that he was walking in ministry with. But then they came back together and were reconciled. And the Apostle Paul said, now I long to see you that I can impart something into your life. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans 15. He's talking here about imparting life and maturity into the believer's lives to the Romans. In Romans 15, 29, the Bible says, But now I know that when I come to you, notice Paul is saying in Romans 1, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. And then when he's closing his book, 
He says, but I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of blessing of the gospel of, the, of Jesus Christ. Notice Paul said, I will come in the fullness of blessing. In other words, Paul was so uh, uh, motivated to see these people. He says, when I come together with you, I'm coming in fullness of blessing. And then in verse 30, he says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Here's something that Paul was imparting. And I don't have a whole lot of time to go into the gifts, but I want to end with this one. Paul was imparting the gift of prayer. And he says, I want you to strive with me in prayer. Notice, don't strive with me, right? Because we know there's a lot of strife in relationships. But Paul says, I want you to strive with me in prayer. And it's an interesting word because the Bible says it's the word, in another translation, it's the word wrestle. He says, I want you to wrestle with me in prayer. Remembering that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers in the dark angel, in the dark atmosphere. So Paul is saying, strive together with me in prayers to God for me. You know, the Apostle Paul was the master mentor. You know, Paul the Apostle mentored many men in his life. But it was the men that he mentored who were closest to him, who traveled with him, who fellowshiped with him, who were his companions. So I'm asking you, who is mentoring you? Who are you spending time with? Who do you long to see? So as we continue our series in Mentoring Men, I just want to encourage you. Who can I mentor? Who can I call? And um, I want to put this out to you today. If you're feeling discouraged, maybe you're not feeling so established, maybe you're not feeling so fruitful, I want to pray for you. If the Lord has spoken to you and the Lord has, you know, dealt with you in an area and you're just saying, you know what, Pastor, I really need someone to strive with me in prayer. The number to call is on the screen. The email to email is on the screen. Email us, call us. We want to hear from you. We want to strive with you in prayer today. That is, a, that is an important spiritual gift we want to impart to you. And so if you would give us that opportunity, we would love to hear from you. I want to thank you for watching KCHF TV. We are mentoring and discipling men through Second Man School of the Bible. Your partnership and your prayers are important and vital to this ministry. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you, shine his face upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. God bless.